It is good to be back uh, beginning my second year as a seminarian here at Ross after a, a nice summer break and appreciate the opportunity to get back into the pulpit and to preach and how just generous it was of Chris and Ginger to invite me to come preach on Jesus bringing fire to the earth <laughs> and kindling it, causing division among families. Uh, oh, a great passage to begin with. So it surfaced for me a story, actually, from uh, life in my home parish. Uh, back in Columbus, Ohio, the parish that I was part of, their, their second service was at 1 p.m., so it's actually going on right now, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and it meets outdoors, out on a vacant, abandoned uh, lot, and it is open to the many in our neighborhood who are homeless, uh, who work on the streets in a variety of ways, who are squatting, or who otherwise wouldn't find their way into a more traditional church. And so uh, the group has been gathering there now since uh, 2007, out on the street corner, and about 50 or 60 people gathered to celebrate Eucharist, rain, snow, or shine. And in 2012, a funny thing happened. A couple of vans rolled up right as we were about to start service. We were like, oh, wow, we're really going to grow in size today. And out of the van come people very well-dressed for our neighborhood and for a service being held outdoor in a vacant parking lot. And then they begin to add accessories like clapboards and megaphones. And men, women, and children began to march around the service as we were celebrating Eucharist, proclaiming that we were damned, that we were going to be sent to the lake of fire, and we were going to burn unless we repented. Because they had some problems with the female priest, uh, with our acceptance of those in the queer community, and with offering communion and a place at the table to those who worked on the streets as sex workers or dealt drugs as their way of being in the world. And so this group kept coming back, and they kept coming every week while we were celebrating Eucharist, praying, marching, protesting, screaming threats of judgment and violence and of burning. So a few weeks into this, one of our parishioners comes up and it's like, hey, you know, I'm squatting in a house down the street right now, and the neighbors next door, this couple, they're always fighting with each other. They're screaming. And so what I've started to do, because it's really disturbing, is, like, is I put on music, and I put on old folk songs that are easy to sing along with, and they're love songs. And my hope is if I play these love songs really loud, that maybe they'll catch a line and fall back in love with each other and stop fighting. <laughs> She's like, so after Eucharist, what if we turned on some love songs really loud, and then maybe the folks out here will catch a line, and they'll begin to love instead of hate. So what we started to do is after we finished celebrating Eucharist, when we were there and share lunch together, we open up the doors to the car, turn on the stereo, and crank a bunch of love songs while we shared a meal together to drown out the messages of hate and burning. Woody Guthrie says that it's a folk singer's job to comfort disturbed people and to disturb comfortable people. <laughs> we have Jesus showing up in these passages with this message that's kind of disturbing, this message of bringing fire, of kindling fire. Maybe it's disturbing because... Like you, for me, messages of fire have often been connected to damnation or judgment. Maybe they're disturbing because we live here in California, and we know the destruction that they can wrought. So these metaphors hit home really quickly for us. Metaphors about vineyards being destroyed, fires being kindled. Any way it goes, 
these words get our attention. But something's really interesting. In this Isaiah passage, this passage where the prophet is speaking to the people, calling them out, because the vineyard that had been planted that was supposed to be for a blessing for the people and something that would bring peace, instead God went and found justice, or went looking for justice and saw bloodshed, went looking for righteousness but heard a cry. In this passage of judgment, it starts with the introduction that it's actually a love song. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. This judgment that comes, comes out of this deep love. This deep love that God has for God's people. This deep love and concern that God is planning and tending to God's people in such a way that he hopes they'll be filled with such a love they will seek justice in their neighborhood, in their cities, in their region. And we know that Jesus, through these stories we've heard in the Gospel of Luke during this ordinary time, has been preaching a message of love and of liberation and of hope. And now he's at this point of like exasperation, of going, don't you see, don't you get it, this project that I'm up to, what the kingdom of God is. It's meant to bring peace and love and instead where I turn and I look, I see injustice. And so he tries to help to wake us up, to get us to pay attention to what's going on, to how God is working, to these places of injustice, these places where there's crying out, and to what God's doing about it and how we can join in. He says to the crowds, look, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you say it's going to rain, and it happens. You see a south wind blowing, you say there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky. Why do you not know how to interpret the present time? So we have Jesus inviting those following him to interpret what God is up to in the world and what's going on. And now inviting us to do the same. We know how hard it is sometimes to want to pay attention to the signs that are in front of us. Maybe uh, we can relate in our personal lives. I know for me, there have certainly been moments in my marriage when I know that there's something that needs addressed, and I see the signs that there's an issue, but I'd prefer to just kind of sit back and hope it'll work itself out. Or maybe there's something going on at work that needs addressed with a coworker, with an employee, and you know you need to make things right, but it's just going to take hard work and dying to yourself and dealing with an issue that's difficult perhaps with a parent, with a child. We know when we see the signs. We know how to interpret them, but we just kind of want to look the other way. Jesus is calling us to wake up, to be energized, and to do something. Perhaps to even kindle the same fire that Jesus has that's burning with him. That fire born of love, that fire that seeks justice and seeks to make things right. Earlier in Luke, turning to his disciples, Jesus said to them privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Jesus is saying, look, there's a privilege here that you're getting to see and experience how God is working and God is being made known through me. Pay attention. Participate in this. And so for us, For those who have experienced God, for those who are drawn back to worship and to pray and to seek God and to proclaim God's name, we too are called to pay deep attention. 
And so when we look in Jesus' eyes, and this week in this passage, and we see that it's a fire burning, we see a fire in Jesus' eyes because those eyes are the perfect reflection of the image of the fire that burns in God the Father for justice. Because Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And so the fire that's ablaze in Jesus' eyes is that fire of the Father, that fire that burns with love, that fire that burns about justice. So there's a question for us now of how do we kindle that fire in our own lives? What I love about the idea of kindling is that it starts small, right? You can't try to start a fire on a large scale. You've got to begin with the twigs and the sticks and get that going and start to tend to it. So what are those simple ways for us, both in our individual lives and as a church, that we can begin to kindle the fires of love and of justice to address the issues of gun violence that are so prevalent in our world right now, the mistreatment of immigrants, families being torn apart? How can we begin in a small way in partnership and work with the organizations here in Marin, in San Francisco, and in the state? Jesus is on the way to Jerusalem and is calling his crowd and these followers to join in with him, to orient themselves to this way of love and of justice, to kindle this same fire. And he talks about that sometimes it's going to bring division when you begin to stand up for this way of justice. And that this way is going to lead you to a baptism, a baptism that Jesus experienced that was the crucifixion. Jesus said, I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. And that word completed is the same Greek word that Jesus used when he cries out, cries out from the cross, it is finished. And so Jesus is undergoing this sacrificial journey, and we are called into that as those who are baptized into the church as well. Our prayer at baptism says, Almighty God, by our baptism into the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, you turn us from the old life of sin and grant that we, being reborn to new life in him, may live righteous and holy all of our days through Jesus Christ our Lord. In ancient times, baptismal pools would be shaped like crosses, further signifying joining with Christ in his death as we die to ourselves, living sacrificially, for love and justice, and rise again, filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit, part of a new family, together constituted by a commitment to Jesus. And so we're called as Christians to be present in this moment, to pay attention to where there's injustice, to where there are cries, to pay attention to how God is working, to interpret the signs, and to figure out together How do we kindle that same fire that burns in Christ? This is going to mean that as followers of Jesus, we can't be afraid to be in conflict of division, especially if it's conflict that pushes towards peace, a peace that's marked by justice and righteousness, conflict that matters, that's not just passive-aggressive, not talking about just conflict along party lines, but conflict that's present because we're working for peace, for transformation. As those baptized and alive with Jesus, could we be like Francis of Assisi, who burned with love for the sacrament of the Lord's body with all his heart, 
lost in wonder at the thought of such love. May we be moved by Christ with a burning love, the same fire that enveloped Francis' soul, that same fire that envelops Christ's heart, that fire that has the power to penetrate all things and is spreading, that fire we see in Christ's eyes, that fiery, fascinating life of Jesus, calling us forward to join in the work of the kingdom. May we encounter the risen Christ, whose blood was spilled, but whose fire could not be extinguished. And let us join the cloud of witnesses, the saints who've gone before us throughout the history of the church and here at St. John's, the spirits of the just. Let us burn with God's all-consuming fire for the same vision of the heavenly kingdom that set Christ's heart on fire. Amen.